This episode is sponsored by the Turmeric Co. The Turmeric Co. creates great taste in turmeric shots that harness the power of natural ingredients to support individuals on their wellness journey, offering anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, energy and immunity booster benefits. Welcome back to Mouthpiece. I'm Savage Dan. I'm Poi, the magic man, Malinaji. This episode is brought to you by the Turmeric Co. As always, remember to like, comment, subscribe, give us questions, all of that. Send us your videos, your training videos. Let us know what you've been up to. And last week's best question was, love the show, guys. I've recently fallen in love with boxing and I've become a modern day fanatic, but I struggle with boxing history. Can you tell me some of your favorite boxes from years and years ago? So pre-Ali era. Pre-Ali era? Yeah. Well, the, my favorite guy pre-Ali era is probably going to be Willie Pep. Okay. Um, real uh, real um, tactical guy. Uh, good boxer. I uh, felt like he was ahead of his time. Uh, I also like Nicolino Loche. Uh, same, made in the same mold. Um, as, uh, as far as uh, exciting guys and you know guys that are not to say that those guys weren't exciting, but they're more technical. As far as bangers, uh, you know, Jake Mulata comes to mind. You yeah. know, uh, mm-hmm. also one of my favorite movies, Raging Bull, uh, is about his life. And uh, J- Jake Mulata was uh, had a quite a wild career and a, and a, and a wild, uh, tumultuous life as well. Um, obviously is that a Robinson. good film? Is that a good film, mm-hmm. Paulie? I've got this thing yeah, with yeah. boxing films where sometimes I'm a bit put off by them because I don't feel like they're accurate enough. I mean, listen, I don't think they're f- always they're always fully accurate, um, but I think it focused on his uh, second wife, his tumultuous life with his second wife. I mean, mm-hmm. R- Jake Omada was married six or seven times. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but Legend. It, uh, it, it gives uh, uh, credence uh, to the his tumultuous life. And he had a second wife during the prime of his career, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, there's things that went from there. I, I, I love it. I love it because it also has uh, Italian-American culture back in the yeah. 40s and 50s where yeah. it was just, you know, filled, chock full of, you know the, the the culture was uh doing really well in in new york in those days you know and it was uh you know there was obviously the boxing had the ethnic rivalries and it sold a lot of tickets and the people yeah. were all, all coming to the arenas and the stadiums it was it was a, i think it was a good time to be a boxer you know mm-hmm. i think in those times in america boxing and baseball were probably the two biggest sports so yeah. if you were a world champion boxer you really were a, a very very known entity you know uh so so i think uh J- i think jake lived a tumultuous life but he lived a uh uh a life that a lot of us would like, you know, a yep. lot of us, a life that a lot of us would look back on. He lived 96 years as well, so, <laughs> so he, he definitely. I'm, I'm gonna cheat here. I'm gonna go with Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray Robinson. Go and watch all of his fights. It, he's, it, it was like he fought and, every and, week. To be and fair. there's like six fights with Jake Lamada, and he beat yeah, him five. Times. Exactly. Like <laughs> these guys, because there wasn't, there weren't 18 divisions, and there weren't yeah. 120 world champions. They just fought each other every week and they literally yeah. would do it like <laughs> yeah. two or three times a month. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes they just couldn't get guys to fight them. You know? yeah. So they just fight each other again and again and again. I think that was a, that was the case that ended up happening with Jake and, and, and Ray Robinson. You know, it was, they just wanted to fight. I mean, Jake finally beats, beats Ray and then three weeks later, the rematch, he doesn't even get to enjoy the win. Ray beats <laughs> him three weeks later. You know? so, That's the thing. Yeah, it's, hasn't, it's even, just... hasn't even sunk in yet. <laughs> do you know what? One thing I've always wondered though, Paulie, is is it more difficult then or now in, in order to almost rule an error? So, for example, if, if you are a Sugar Ray back then, you've got a small pool to, to, to select from in, in terms of your opponents. But 
you have to fight them quite regularly. Whereas here, you have careers that span, you know, decades, yeah. but you've got to fight kind of sometimes the next wave of, yeah. uh, of fighters and the one yeah. after that. Is that harder? I, I don't know. You see, I, I can only go by the experiences I had. You know, um, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what it's like to to have fought in those days. But I'll tell you what, you have pros and cons to both. For example, mm -hmm. me with a guy with a lot of hand problems, I don't think the surgeries that fix my hands would have been available to me back then. So, yeah. so I would have, I would have probably not been able to have a career. You know, if once I started having hand problems, you know. Um, but I think a lot of things were different back then. I mean, guys were fighting so often. Maybe they weren't sparring as much. They weren't. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. You know, because it was guys were fighting very, very often. Th think so often that it's really in inconceivable to think about guys fighting that often today. Top guys fighting that often today. So, so in that regard, it was more difficult. Um, today, um, you have a lot more performance-enhancing drugs. Today, you have the Eastern Europeans. There was no Soviet fighters back then, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and the Eastern Bloc was not allowed to turn pro, so you, you got none of those guys, you know. Now you have to deal with that side of the world as well yeah. if you're a professional boxer. Um, so, again, I, gu I, I guess it's a, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, you'll probably never have a correct answer, mm -hmm. but um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of fun fighters pre-Ali era, you know. Um, uh, th those are just a, a, a few that come to mind. But um, there's more, you know. The Willie Pep Sandy Sadler rivalry was really amazing. If back going back to the the, the, the letter we got from that fan, yeah. you know, if you look into that Willie Pep and Sandy Sadler rivalry, that was a uh, one of the best in boxing as well. Um, you know, uh, you've got uh, even time, even the era, the the, the eras even before that. We have the Joe Lewis era, and um, you know, he made all those title defenses. Billy Kahn. Um, you know, there's uh, it's hard, if you can get footage, it's hard to always get the footage. I always, always see the footage, but th those yeah. fights exist. I I I think there's a, a lot to be taken from those from those times, nonetheless. Um, there are historians that just tell you, oh, those guys were just better, and that's it. I personally don't think so, but yeah. I do think there's a lot to be learned from from that era as well, and it laid the building blocks for the era of today. Let's get into the weekend review. Inoue had an amazing win against Dasmanaras. Um, what do you make of it? It was a sickening. It was a horrible body everybody shot. Talks, everybody talks about it. his punching power, but this guy just kept getting knocked down with body shots. <laughs> so it's like, you talk about punching power, you think about headshots, but he just kept. He got the stoppage. He got the knockdowns and the stoppage all with yeah. body shots. So, so he knew he is a, a special kind of dangerous, and that's not the first time I I see him do that. I saw him do that in the uh, World Boxing Super Series against the Puerto Rican kid. Uh, I forgot his name. Uh, he's a good fighter. He actually, he actually, I remember he won the. This Puerto Rican kid won the world title against I think I think Paul Butler in England. He was on a Sky a, a Sky Sports card mm -hmm. I remember that I worked, and uh, I remember being really impressed with him, really poised in, it, in, a, in a tough atmosphere in England, coming and winning the title. And he winds up in that uh, World Boxing Super Series, uh, and he catches Inouye, and Inouye stopped him with a body shot as well. Yeah. You know, so Inouye, for all the punching power people talk about Inouye, Inouye is a, a, a wicked, wicked body puncher. Maybe maybe it goes below the radar because he's not Mexican and people usually think of that guys from that side of the world yeah. as being body punchers. But, you know, uh, it looks like in Asia they're teaching their fighters to throw to the body as well because Inouye is a, is a solid, solid body puncher. And uh, his boxing style is uh, really complete to the head and body. So uh, I look forward to continue to watch him. They're talking about him fighting Donaire again. Donaire is fighting Casemiro now. I don't yeah. know. I I don't know if you know Dan. I mean, I I, I was kind of baffled by that because I, I was under the impression Rigondo was fighting Casemiro, 
That's uh, what I for. And now all but of a sudden, it's it's it's, do, it's all of a sudden it's done air. And so does, does Rogando once again get the short end of the stick? <laughs> I think so. It seems like he always he, he always is. It feels like, uh, but he's yeah. a look. I don't I don't really mind which one of those fight each other as long as they all eventually do. I, I definitely don't yeah. want to see Rigondeo left out in the cold. No, but yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody likes to fight Rigondeo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, like, no it's like, like, oh, he's too boring, but we can't beat him. Yeah, <laughs> so like, exactly. He's too but, effective, but he's... do you know what? He's beginning to show more flaws than ever before. Um, so yeah. I, I'm sure these fights are, are gonna start materializing. They usually wait. It's like waiting for a bus, and then all mm-hmm. four just come along at once, yeah. kind of thing. So hopefully that does yeah, happen. You know, you know, it's funny because. Rigo, his best weight was 118 pounds, right? Exactly. Everybody's yeah. talking about a Nui, Nui, Nui. Why don't you make a Nui and, and Rigo? You know, they're not gonna, they're not going to. They're, I was just, I was, going I was to just gonna do rank, that because top, because top rank, uh, got rid of Rigo because he can't sell, right? So they're not gonna risk Rigo beating their one of their main stars, you know. And I'm not, that's not to say he'll definitely win, but I'm telling you, Rigo though, it's close. I remember, just it's, yeah. shut down Donaire. Donaire was just one fighter of the year. He was the talk of the he was the talk of the town, mm-hmm. and Rigo though just took him and just made him put his hands in his pocket for twelve yeah. rounds. You know, so uh, granted, it's not the Rigo uh, of the of his those prime years, but I still would be very interested in Inouye versus Rigo. And I know we're never gonna find it because uh, that's that's the that's the one. This, this business is. This business that, is a scumbag business, but I, I, per, I, I personally think that. I think the fans would we need it, or maybe not many fans will even know who both of them are. But I, I personally need it. I think I need yeah. to see it <laughs> because it, because it will be a I'm fascinating you. fight. You, you've got such yeah. a big hard but puncher. I'll tell you, the, the key to open that door would have come with Rigo fighting Casemiro because Casemiro yeah. is a is a is a really good fighter, but yeah. I, I, Rigo probably beats him i think you know yeah. and and, and casamiro is a really good fighter and so then it would kind of put Rigo back into the conversation because yeah. that bantamweight let's face it Rigo was a very very difficult uh, fighter much like donair donair was much more difficult to yeah. beat a bantamweight and that's why i feel like him and Inui had a, such a great fight but yeah but um Rigo was another one at bantamweight you know this is, this is not an easy guy to beat but and even at his advanced age you know i would take a chance but they won't i know they won't this because it's, it's always business before sport and they won't yeah, always uh, who was the who was the biggest puncher you faced? I feel like I've probably asked you this, and I feel like you probably yeah, said Miguel. Yeah, biggest Cotto. puncher was Miguel Cotto yeah. that I faced. Biggest puncher I faced was Miguel Cotto, and he also was another guy who was good to the body. I, I remember. Yeah. About round seven, he hit me with a a body shot, and he, and he, I, I felt that it hurt um, in that fight. Uh, and it wasn't one of those. Sometimes those body shots aren't the ones that really dig in. Sometimes they're the ones that slice you like a knife. Yeah. You know, they just kind of slide across your stomach, mm-hmm. and they give you this. Oh, this disgusting feeling. Yeah. Oh my god, that hurt. You know, so it was one of those where if you see the body shot, you wouldn't think it hurt me, but it that's how I got hurt to the body with Kodo and that. I think it was round seven. I'm pretty sure it was round seven, but it was a shot that sliced across my stomach, and it just oof. It was a, you know, <laughs> I, I I needed to recover. <laughs> and Miguel didn't give you didn't treat you good when you needed to recover. You know. Uh, also, Michaela Mayo ha- had a, a a good win. Um, where how how much do you rate uh, where do you think she is on the pound for pound list what's next um i don't know you know i thought she had a solid win she looked good um she's a marketable fighter you mm-hmm. know she's got a little bit of charisma she's uh not a bad looking girl she's uh she can fight you know she, she kind of ticks all the boxes but yeah i don't know you know uh 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, it it seems like I, these girls in boxing they're jumping all kinds of different weights because you know yeah. they can't really find the opposition that's going to sell. Clarissa actually left the sport altogether and went <laughs> yeah, down the exactly. rank, right? So, yeah. so, so I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, I, 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 I wonder what uh, what the next move is for her. I didn't even want to go into the the MMA part of this, but we may as well just address it now. Boxing took an L this weekend. The L that. Paulie, I think you, <laughs> and you I'm presumed you that, it was going to happen. And, <laughs> and I'm telling you, it was... And you know what's funny? People are going to probably say, oh, well, Paulie, you lost to Artem Lobov. I probably didn't lose to Artem Lobov. I got robbed. But also, I broke my hand, and it was a bare-knuckle boxing match. Exactly. I broke my it's hand a very hand. different... And it's, yeah. not, it's, not my, it's not my fault we didn't use boxing judges, and so we use you know, we use MMA judges. Yeah. It's actually... One funny thing about that story, that, that the situation was, I found out it wasn't going to be... It was going to be MMA judges in the dressing room, because they were like, technically, this is not boxing. Technically, this is MMA. <laughs> So, I mean, I still didn't think anybody could be that stupid, but nonetheless, um, you know, fought a tactical fight with my broken hand, and it was what it was. But I always felt like legitimately, legitimately, when I saw Anderson Silva and Chavez Jr. get made, legitimately, I thought Chavez Jr. would lose. Legitimately. And unfortunately, it's a black eye on boxing because boxing found a way. Mm-hmm. And this is always the guy that I point to. It's funny. If they can make him a world champion, a YouTuber can become world champion. It's dangerous. You know what yeah. I mean? Because Chavez Jr. winning a world title uh, is is the epitome of, of why boxing is a business way before it's a sport. I mean, they yeah. found a way to maneuver things. They robbed like five or six guys on, the, on Chavez Jr.'s way up. Like he, there yeah. was about five or six fights he didn't even win on, 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 on the way up. <laughs> um, robbing guys left and right, making sure he wins. Then I remember. You remember how he won the world title? I remember this. Sergio Martinez was a WBC middleweight champion. Yes. I think he was WBO champion as well. And yeah. And he was gonna and he had a contract with HBO. So I'll mm-hmm. give you the I'll give you people a little backstory. So Sergio had a contract with HBO. HBO uh the WBC mandatory was Sebastian Zbick from Germany. Mm-hmm. And HBO had to okay all the opponents, you know, for to put the fight on their network. HBO decided that Sebastian's big is not worthy to be on HBO, so they're not gonna buy. They're not gonna buy um, uh, Sergio Martinez versus uh, Sebastian's big. Um, so they're gonna they put Sergio in a position where he's gotta you know vacate the title or or WBC hopefully gives him a, a pass. You know, mm-hmm. WBC is based in Mexico. They weren't gonna give him a pass. Now with yeah. Chavez Jr. has a chance to fight for the vacant title with big afterwards. You know, so Sergio has to vacate the WBC title, and they make. Uh, Chavez Jr. and Zbik and you know what happened? HBO buys the fight. <laughs> HBO bought Chavez Jr. and Zbik. <laughs> it's Chavez Jr. Politics the, reign the supreme. Yeah, and so they, while they didn't let Sergio fight him on their network, they let Chavez Jr. fight him on their network. This is one of the reasons why HBO ended up running itself out of business, out of the boxing business. It was yeah. it, the, the things they did were doing at the end was bordering on the ridiculous. So this guy wins the title over Zbik. And uh, becomes a champion, wins a vacant title over his big, his big who was, uh, you know, not that good at all, you know, uh, and uh, becomes WBC champion. So, um, you know, now you've got an ex-world champion, legitimate world champion against an MMA guy, and, <laughs> and it was always the risk. And sure enough, it was. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do you know I, what? I don't know. And they I almost never. robbed Anderson Silva. They made I, it a yeah, split exactly. decision. I think exactly. It was a split decision, <laughs> and I promise you, I very, very rarely ever diss a fighter or anything like that because you're in the ring you're, you're a tough boy anyway and it's easy to, to be an armchair fan for anyone that hasn't ever been in the ring but he is getting worse by the day like and he wasn't even great to begin with so <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad well he wasn't even good he was he was like uh, like 
someone who's athletic mm-hmm. walking into a gym and trying boxing for the first time. He was that, but he was without the athleticism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, he, honestly, he was the epitome of of his father's greatness. Just continuing to market into the next generation. That's yeah. all it was, and, and he sold a lot. I mean. There were people in Mexico that were watching Chavez yeah. Jr. just because he's Chavez's son, and they'd order yeah. a ton of pay-per-views. Yeah. I remember the the Canelo pay-per-view with Chavez Jr. I mean, yeah. you made it because people were going to buy it, and they did. Yes, I think he got course. over a million, a million, over a million buys here in the United yeah. States. So, you know, it was a, uh, it was funny because we did a couple of sh- of uh, Chavez Jr.'s fights when I was was working over at Showtime. And I remember we'd go to Texas, and th- th- this guy would fill arenas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'd, I'd have to call the fight. This guy's terrible. Has he ever even tried to make weight either? I feel like he's probably missed the weight more than he's ever made it. Yeah, I feel like you've got to give him a contract at a lower weight on purpose yeah. so that when he shows up overweight, maybe he'll be on weight. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, 100%. Uh, not great for boxing, but it happens. Well done, Anderson Silva. Um also, Jamal Charlo had a tough, tough night. Um, yeah. Not not a great performance by him. It was a a strange opponent in, in terms yeah, of the I style. Mean, he was square all night, turning southpaw yeah. orthodox. I mean, Macias Montiel is an interesting guy because he, uh, you know, you, you look at him, I think he got stopped by Jaime Munguia, uh, yeah. Munguia a few yeah. years ago. But it's a, clearly a guy who's got some veteran experience now, you know, switch hitter. Um, fights in a bit of a negative way. I don't, I don't think that he was ever a threat to win the fight over Charlo, but he gave him a lot of trouble, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, was able to land some clean shots on the inside. Uh, had his left hand working from both stances very yeah. well, you know, going to the body very well. I mean, in the end, Jamal, you know, you hold him to a different standard because he's he's that level of a fighter. And, this is yeah. only, and so this is, I wouldn't say it's criticism because he's, he's a fighter of, a, of such a high standard that you hold him to a different level. So... You have a Jamal who probably won almost every round. Yeah. And still, you know, you're saying, oh, this is not a, a typical Jamal Charlo performance. He's a little bit subpar and whatnot. But I also think you got to give Macias Montiel some credit. I mean, this guy is a weird guy to fight. Yeah. Um, and very. like I said, uh, very fights out of both stances, gives you different looks, different fights out of both stances, like I said, and gives you different looks out of those both stances. And yeah. then he throws weird punches from, you know, he gets close to you and he throws shots yeah. you don't expect. You know, you yeah. get you get in close, you expect certain punches to be thrown. You get in f- far away, you expect certain punches to be thrown. You know, he's he's inside it with a, from the southpaw stance, he's on the inside and he's throwing left hooks to the body from the southpaw stance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he's double and triple left hooks to the body and then he's yeah. bringing it up to the head and then he's bringing, you know, it's just, he's throwing awkward, he's, he's an awkward fighter, yeah. gives you awkward looks, fights out of both stances, gives you awkward looks out of both stances and throws awkward punches. Um, it was, uh, you know, you give credit to Charlo for performing, um, but um, was one of those fights where looking back now, he probably never had a chance, was never going to get a chance to look good against this guy. You know, yeah. styles make fights. But of course, maybe it's going to, you know, suck in Canelo for that fight. You know, Benavidez, David Benavidez also was talking a lot. You know, yeah. he wants to get the, uh, he wants to get the Charlo fight now too. You know, he was making himself heard. So, you know, it suddenly it makes Charlo maybe uh, puts him in the position to get some of these bigger fights that he's been craving. There's also Golovkin. I, I, I saw him take a dig at uh, Andrade. Who knows? Th- there's options. Put it this way. As soon as you show any kind of vulnerability, people are going to start, yeah. you know, having a look at yeah. you as a potential and, and, opponent. And I'll say Andrade looked vulnerable last fight. I, I wasn't uh, 
thrilled with uh, it wasn't your typical Andre performance that has mm-hmm. been and you know aging obviously has affects you especially when you're a guy like Andre who's not a, a, a fundamental fighter who's an, a fighter who bases himself off his athleticism you yep. will kind of be done earlier than than other fighters who have a better foundation to their boxing Golovkin has always had a solid foundation at least the Europeans have a solid boxing foundation fundamentally they're very sound Andre on the other hand has fought, always fought in a very athletic style so I think um you know, he seems to be fading a little bit. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe Golovkin uh, is feeling that. We'll see. Yeah, one of them. Uh, also, I predicted it last week. I had a feeling we was finally going to get a good performance from Munguia. And we got a dominant one and a very good stoppage. Yeah, yeah. He gets... Uh, w- uh, who did he get? Uh, he ended up getting... Uh, I didn't end, I didn't uh, end up seeing that. But it was just too much. Yeah. There was too much... There's too many fights on the, <laughs> on the weekend. He was, we also, he was supposed to fight Selecki and he got Zerometa. Zerometa's yeah. the guy that pulled out on, on my friend Junior Union. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was yeah, supposed yeah. to fight Junior Union. <laughs> he pulled, pulled out injured and then pops up on the same date <laughs> against Zerometa. Looking back, honestly, it was probably better for Zerometa because the, the Zerometa and Junior Union fight was going to be on the Tofima Lopez card, which ended up imploding altogether. They were, that card didn't even happen due to... Yeah. Uh, Tofimo passing positive for COVID. But, um, so Zeramanta winds up against Munguia. Gets a fight on that night. Gets a payday on that night. But uh, that, that's the only positives you can take out of it. Munguia yeah. has a solid performance. Also, we can't skip it. Gabriel Rosado had pulled off a huge upset uh, against a, 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 a Uzbek um, prospect. Uh, let me not butcher his name. Let me try and get it right. It's Bektemir Bully Melikziv. I hope. I'm very sorry if I got that wrong. Um, but yeah, look, he, he he scored a knockdown. And then Gabriel Rosado dug a big, big right hand out of nowhere. And the thing is, this is why no matter how much experience you have, see, the the I'm not even going to try to say his name, but the uh, the Uzbek, was it Uzbek? He's from Uzbekistan? I think he is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Uzbek. Yeah, definitely, it's, yeah. yeah, so the Uzbek fighter... Um, even those guys, they're, they're moving them fast. Uh, some of the Eastern Europeans have so much amateur experience, you move them so fast in yeah. the pros. And uh, a lot of them, they live up to it. You know, you got some of these guys winning world championships with less than 10, less than 10 pro fights. And this guy was one of those guys who was moving into that position. Yeah. Um, but the thing about it is you still can't teach that experience, a professional experience. Because yeah. Rosado knocked this guy out with a shot Rosado has always thrown. Rosado always throws that shot. You, know, yeah. you, you watch him his whole career. That's one of the things One of the things he does. Rosado doesn't really jab. He kind of pushes out that left hand. He looks to get in close. He can bang you around on the inside. He's physical. Um, he's got some boxing style to him, but he doesn't jab. So it's it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's almost an illusion that he has a boxing style. He's yeah. looking to hurt you, you know? Yeah. But he, from when, in, amongst all that, one of the consistent shots he throws is that arcing right hand, you know? Yeah. And again, when you have seven pro fights, doesn't matter how much amateur experience you have, there's some things you're just not going to pick up on. Uh, because if you watch it's any Rosado video, he was known, he's pretty much known for trying that shot a lot, you know? Yeah. And uh, he got it. He got. It. He landed it. He landed it very, very solidly. He and he caught. He caught him when when my man was trying to throw his own left hand because it's a southpaw versus a right hand. He was trying yep. to throw his own overhand left, yep. and Rosado threw his shorter and got it right on the inside. And that was all she wrote. Big, big shot. That's a knockout of the year contender. And uh, Rosado with a big win. Uh, good marriage with Freddie Roach so far. We also even saw a, a dislocated shoulder from. Uh, is it Tristan? Oh, let me. I try and not look at the paper, but let me do it. Tristan Kalcharev. Kalcharev. Kalcharev? Have I pronounced that right, Paulie? I feel like... Kalcharev, yeah. I hope so. I hope <laughs> so, guys. Um, yeah, he uh, dislocated his arm, but he, he obviously continued. He, he lost in the end, but he, he 
soldiered on till the end. Have you ever had to... to it, do you know what it reminded me of, Paulie? I'm not sure if you if you ever saw Danny Williams, but he fought like so many rounds, a, a British fighter with, with a dislocated yeah, shoulder. Dislocated shoulder. Yeah, yes, yeah. and he pulled it out of the bag. He got a knockout. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that highlight where he was, uh, he was, he had one arm or something, and he just yes. he threw a big shot and got the guy yep. out of there, right? Yeah, I've seen that highlight. Also reminds me of uh, George Groves with Eubank, you know, yes. the last couple of rounds, you know. But uh, at least with, at least with, with uh, Groves, it, uh, did that happen in the 10, 11? Yeah, that might have happened yeah. in the 12th. Yeah. I think it yeah, happened the fight, in the yeah. last round, um, and he just kind of yeah. just had enough about him to kind of, he, uh, he didn't cruised, really fight yeah. with he it. Cruised. Yeah, yeah, but he yeah. Uh, he just he just it, it, spoiled. It, I mean, it's a it's a difficult injury, obviously, yeah. because you know, one thing about hurting your hand, you can kind of cover up. You know, I remember I used to hurt my right hand. I couldn't throw it yeah. right, but I would use it for defense. I would parry. I could catch. Yes. You know, sometimes it would hurt when I would catch a hook when I would broke my hand. But at least you know, like you you kind of had some use for it. You dislocate your shoulder, you can't even lift it. Yeah, <laughs> so you, yeah. it's hard to even catch punches. Yeah. You know, so it's a it's a difficult. It's an even more difficult proposition to deal with. And then you don't know if you've got if if you should be going southpaw and use it as your backhand and and stay yeah. safe off that. And yeah. then you, you, it's literally just a nightmare. Let's go into what is coming up this week. Uh, we have Lopez and Cambosas Junior. Before we go on to that, that um, didn't happen but, but uh, because because yeah. of COVID. Um, not ideal. It's, that's probably the one I wanted to watch out of all of those fights we've just named. Um, but it, it happens. And uh, have you ever had to pull out very last minute due to anything? Yeah, I had a had a fight canceled on me later in my career. I got cut in the gym about ten days before the fight. One of my last sparring sessions, I was gonna fight Danny O'Connor on okay. the uh, Amir Khan versus Chris Algieri card. It was gonna be the co-main event, and uh, you know, I ended up I ended up uh, having to pull out. I got cut in the gym. I got cut in a sparring session. That, that was really the only time that ever happened. Ironically. Uh, O'Connor wound up fighting um, Gabriel Bracero a couple of fights later and mm-hmm. uh, and getting and getting beat and then um, I ended up fighting Bracero instead a couple of fights later after that too. But I remember I lost a, a it was a big TV opportunity because it was national TV. It was a co-feature yep. of a big fight and uh, yeah, I was kind of I was kind of angry about it. So instead, I went. I remember I came to London and I worked the Kell Brook fight. Uh, I think he fought Frankie Gavin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> good fight that. <laughs> Good yeah. fact. Kel- that was when Kelbrook was proper in his prime there. Um, yeah. Right. We have had this week the longest stare down in in, fight, <laughs> in boxing history. It has to be in yeah. just in history. No one's ever you know done. It was five this minutes, is, uh, 50 seconds. Yeah, this is... Uh, I think Deontay Wilder is psyching himself out completely. You know, uh, you say all these things, you've got to say them in the presence of your opponent. You've got to yeah. do that. You've got to do that. I think that's the, the most important thing. It's after you've mm-hmm. been saying all these things, now that you're – because I'm, I'm telling you, from personal experience, it's a, it feels differently when your opponent is there. If you have any kind of intimidation, you know, you're going to yeah. hesitate. You may not say anything. So so if you're going to talk like a, big, like a bad man, uh, like a bad man on, on – uh, all these other interviews now when you're in the presence of the guy that you're supposed to do this to you need to be you need to say it with your chest out you know what i'm saying yeah, you need absolutely. to have that you need to have that emphatic and you need to say it emphatically like that with that enthusiasm so you show that you mean business you know you can't show up and and just have an excuse oh i'm not going to talk now you know so for me that was an l for wilder on the on the press conference but the stare down reminded me of something 
Fury had said about Vladimir Klitschko years before he fought. It Vladimir did Klitschko. the same thing right? to me. Right? I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> Terrific. Yeah. So we're on the same page then. When they used to go into the uh, Russian, uh, uh, into the, basically, you know, uh, I, I've done this too. I make weight in Russian bathhouses a lot. I, in Brooklyn, I would go to. Now that I think they all closed due to COVID. But I used yeah. to go to Russian bathhouses and they had these saunas and steam rooms and everything. And when I had to make weight, I think at the, at, at the end of my work workout weeks, I would go there and try to kind of relax for the day, you know? And they get hot. They get really, really hot, you know? So, and, and sometimes, you know, you just feel like you're suffocating in there. But if you're in shape and, you're, you know, you, you can take it if you mentally can withstand it, you know? Some, a regular person may not be. But, you know, yeah. if you're in shape, your body's conditioned for it, you know? And I remember Fury talking about th that he was in the bathhouse with Klitschko and all the other fighters were leaving. And, <laughs> and Fury said, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to outlast them in here. Because it becomes a mental battle, you know? Yeah. So you're fighting with yourself. And then all of a sudden, they were kind of just looking at each other. And, and he like, he's like, nah, he's not going to be, he's not going to get me out of here, you know? And they were in there for about 45 minutes, which <laughs> I can't even believe, man. I mean, I've been in these hot, hot rooms. You feel like you're cooking in there. You feel like you're cooking. Like, they just put oil on you. You, you're, you become a you become an edible food. You yeah, like it's it's crazy. So Klitschko got out of there and he felt like you know what I I got one win over him, and it was the same thing when that stand down happened. I was like you know what I know Fury's not gonna move now. Now they're He's gonna be there till tomorrow morning. This like is Fury his game. Was, Fury would have stayed there till tomorrow morning. It wasn't gonna yeah. matter. You know so. Deontay now is forced to take another L unless he yeah. wants to stay there till tomorrow morning yeah. as well. But, yeah. you know, they probably both got flights to catch. You know, Deontay's probably thinking more rationally. But, like, yo, I got a flight to catch. I got to go back to camp, you know. Fury would have missed his flight. Fury wouldn't have cared, you know. So, so um, uh, you put yourself in a position where Fury gets another one on you. By doing that, you put yourself in the position because you should have just yeah. done the stay down and yeah. walked away and that's it. Instead, you by, by, by doing that five-minute stay down, now you put yourself in a position where psychologically – if you're not, if you now walk away, you, you've made him feel psychologically superior to you again. Of course. And sure enough, you did that. You know, yeah. once that stay down passed about twenty seconds, that's it. You, you got to stay. You got yeah, you you to leave. leave. Yeah. You got to leave. Otherwise, you got to be willing to stay there all night because yeah. that's how it was going to be. And so, uh, he took an L on there too. So we'll see. What do you we'll What do you make about him? Uh, you know, staying silent and uh, uh, allowing. Uh, I, 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 what I make of it is that what I said before, Dan. I, I think that you know, if you talk. The way you've been talking all this time, you've now got to say that with your chest out. You gotta, you yeah. in the presence of your opponent is when it's more important. It's not as yeah. important to say it on 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 the YouTuber interview or or on on on, on, on the internet uh, reporter when you're talking to him. You're in the presence of this guy. Now you've got to look him in his eye, or you've got to say it. You got you've got to voice it and know he's listening to you. And you've got to say it with the same enthusiasm because yeah. you've got to let it hit home to him that this you mean it. If you don't. He's going to feel like, yeah, now you, I'm in your presence. Now you're intimidated. Yeah. You're going to give him yeah. that mental edge. You're going to mm -hmm. say, you know what? I got you now. You're intimidated. You were, you were talking like a bad man before, but now I'm in the room, and all of a sudden you're quiet as a mouse. You know, it's, do, you it's, think, do you think he's doing that because he's just doing whatever he wants at that moment in time? Or do you think there's a PR team somewhere in the background giving him nah, advice? There's on, no, there's no? definitely no PR team. No, I don't I've seen some poor ones. Team. I've seen some I mean, poor PR teams. I think teams. there's a lot of guys who who have PR teams. I don't think Deontay is looking like he's listening to any PR team. Deontay doesn't even look listening to his own team. Deontay, yeah. his team listens to him. It's the other way. And yeah. if you don't listen to him, you get fired. You know what I mean? It's like you, you, you got to be a yes man if you're in Deontay's camp. It's it's become yeah. so obvious. You know, it's it's to that point. And um, we'll see. We'll see what. I, I mean, listen. If he gets a win, he kind of he kind of uh, 
helps himself out in the way that okay he can, he can look like he wasn't so insane but if this yeah. guy loses he's gonna fall the wheels are gonna fall oh off the wagon on this gosh, guy yeah. because this it's guy the wheels be fell end. off the wagon already if this guy loses yeah. he's gonna wind up in his own insane asylum like, yeah. he's gonna really need help you know yeah. because he's gonna mentally he's gonna put it wind up in a place in a, in a, in a not very good place even though yeah. he shouldn't be because he's got enough money to take care of his family to take care of his loved ones it, it shouldn't be the be all end all but because yeah. he's become so obsessed with this ridiculousness if he goes and gets knocked out again if he goes and gets run over like Fury's predicting yeah. this guy's gonna wind up in an insane insane asylum that not even his own all, all the money that he has can yeah. can buy him out of you know it's it, crazy. He's, in, he's in a position now where he's, he's already built a rod for his own back because if he doesn't get the win it yeah. is over it doesn't even really matter the fashion because of all the it, it, he didn't take and, and, the, his last defeat very well and now it means that and, if you don't and the win problem and the problem Dan is if if there is another locomotive uh, 18 wheeler running you over like a human running over a human being which fury predicts malik scott has been hired to not stop the fight he's been hired to not stop the fight so mark Breland was there to get you out of that life and death situation you're gonna have to go out on your back you're gonna wind up on your back there's no yeah. other way to do it you know because even the referee you know if, if the referee dares stops deontay wilder on his feet the referee is gonna get the brunt of deontay wilder's wrath yeah. For, for the rest of Deontay's life. You know oh, what I'm saying? So no referee wants to deal with that. Who, what the referee wants to deal with that? So he's going to wind, yeah. he's going to end up letting him get put out on his back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's the way it is. Do you know what? Maybe Deontay Wilder should just remain silent for the rest of the press tour because when you <laughs> see point. how good Fury is with words, he said an 18 wheeler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good. Over a human being. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was. Um, uh, also, that's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You've been talking all this stuff. Now you show up and now you don't want to talk. And this guy's telling you he's going to run you over like an 18-wheeler. You've got to talk. You've been talking too much. If you, you hadn't talked, then okay, you can let him talk. But you, all you've been doing is talking. So now you show up, you're not talking, while this guy's telling you he's going to run you over yeah, like an 18-wheeler. You've now got to talk because you yeah. talked too much before. And the fact that you didn't, again, it, it, you, you took an L in all the presser. You took an L in the stand down. You took an L in the last fight. You probably took an L in the first fight, but they gave you, you a did. draw. Yeah. Let's see what happens. That's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, if yeah. yeah, I'll be very surprised. I'll be so very surprised if 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 this ends well for Deontay Wilder. Yeah. I think he's just, just wrapping himself in more and more into this spider web of yeah. of insanity. Also, uh, there are rumors that Oscar De La Hoya is going to call out Floyd Mayweather after his next fight. Um, do you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it, it feels like this show. It's becoming more of a, a comedy show every yeah, week. Well, it's, it's, but, speaking of show, this is like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in, uh, in Wolf of Wall Street. The show goes on. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather well, is not leaving. Oscar thing. De La Hoya is not leaving. Nobody's leaving. Do we prefer to see retired fighters return and fight each other, uh, especially if they're from the same era? Do we... If we are stuck between a rock and a hard place and we're having to work out what is the lesser of the two evils, do we prefer that to YouTube fights? I don't know, man. I, I mean, I don't see the... I don't see the... I don't see the... What is it called? The What's the word I'm looking for? The the attraction. You know, I can see yeah. it here and there. I don't see the attraction of it becoming a normal thing. Like, even with me, the people, I'm starting to get a lot of pressure and a lot of press to beat up on this, this idiot YouTuber kid, Corey yeah. B. But... What do you think? Like I would come him and fight him, and then I just start a whole a whole tour and just start fighting a retirement tour? No, 
way. Who wants to do that, bro? We do this. We make the sacrifices so that when we retire, we can chill. We can yeah. chill. Who wants to keep training? And f- I don't know. To me, it, it defeats all logic. It defeats yeah. all logic. Not to mention, no matter what level you're getting hit on, you're still getting hit. You're not supposed yeah. to get hit as you get older, man. You're supposed to yeah. be able to you know, rest on your laurels and, and uh, enjoy the fruits of your labor. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. But then again, I don't know if they like each other enough to let each other make money anyway. So, yeah. so we'll see. Well, you know what? That's the only thing that they, they, they seem to love more than other things is, <laughs> yeah, is, is the money. And you know what? Whilst I hate what Floyd is doing, I understand that it's very difficult to just leave $100 million on the table. I get that much. Yeah, There's never a I, problem I've had to do. But. I, I agree with you. But here's the thing. It's one thing to fight a YouTuber... Even a retired Oscar De La Hoya is way better than a YouTuber. You know yes, what I'm saying? Like you've got, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. both older. You've got a mm-hmm. legitimate fight on your hands. You've got a legitimate fight between retired champions. But well, you, they're gonna go at it. I remember uh, there was talk of Miguel Cotto and Juan Manuel Marquez doing an exhibition. Bro, if those guys fought, that was gonna be a fight. You know what I'm yeah. saying? No matter what, because those guys yeah. know how to fight. You know, even yes. at their age. So, so it's one thing to do it against retired fighter, retired champions against retired champions. It's another thing to do it against a YouTuber where it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a walk in the park, basically, as much as you want to have a walk in the park, you know? Exactly. Like, like for yeah. me, if I go fight Corey B, I'm just going to fight like Roy Jones and just hit him with left hooks constantly. I'm just going to double, yeah. triple, quadruple them constantly. You know what I mean? It's going to be just a joke, you know? Um, I, I might do like Macias and then and start, you know, dropping him to the body too, like a, a, a bunch Why of repeat not? left hooks to the body as well. But when it comes to fighting another ch- an ex-champion, I mean, bro, you got to, yeah. you got to, you got to do a legitimate training camp. You got to do like yeah. a little, a legitimate. You can't train like Great White Hype. You know what I'm saying? Like Damon Wayne's yeah. and Great White Hype. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know if you've seen that movie, but anybody who hasn't seen it, check uh, it out. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. But you know, uh, you can't train like that. You got to legitimately train. You know? So I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, th- I think they would entertain, but I don't know if it should be the norm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. While it's entertaining, I don't know if it should become the norm. All right, let's put one in the bin. Which one are we putting in the bin? YouTube fights or <laughs> retired fighters? Retired world champions? Nah, fights? YouTube fighters got to go in the bin. They got to go in YouTube the fighters. Yeah, they YouTube go fighters. In the I, retired fighters, they're still in the <laughs> lore. You know, they're still champions. They, you, know, you see what they got. They're still, they still got some of their skill. YouTube fighters got to go in the bin. YouTube yeah. fighters got to go in the bin. All right, prediction time. We have Lomachenko making his return. Uh, he's fighting Nakatini. It's still at 135, and there's still a big height difference. Should he even be staying at 135? I don't think he should, uh, but Lomachenko is a hungry guy who is uh, still determined. Um, guys like this, I think they put themselves at risk at a certain point. These are the, this is the kind of guy who stay, remains so hungry, yeah. remains so uh, thirsty for greatness, and... He'll never be appreciated for, for really how great he is. I think Lomachenko's yeah. an amazing fighter. He'll never be appre- appreciated for it. And so I think he'll always be chasing that. Yeah. And that's why you've got the cards to come a certain point where you're happy with yourself. Because if you're trying mm-hmm. to make others happy, you're trying to satisfy the critics, you're going to put yourself more and more in danger. Lomachenko is not a spring chicken. I think he's 32, maybe even 33. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't, at that weight, you don't have a lot of years left. Um, I think, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he dominates Nagatani. Stylistically, I wouldn't be shocked, even though Nagatani's a big guy, tall yeah. guy. But at the same time, you know, where do you go? Where do you go? You know what I mean? I feel like his best way is still at smaller weight classes. Uh, I feel like you can go that way. But if you go to smaller weight classes, you know, who do you fight? You know, yeah, you're not going to exactly. get Javante Davis. They're not going to fight you. You, 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 sh- you probably... Could ask for Devin Haney since Haney has pretended he's wanted to fight you for two years, but you're probably not going to get that fight either. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 
I don't know. I mean, wh where does he go? I, you know, at 130 pounds, maybe there's some young stars coming up. But, you know, there's even if there's young stars coming up, I mean, do you, do, is it worth to take the time and effort to fight them? Um, Oscar Valdez is a 130. He's with top rank. I think Lomachenko washes Oscar Valdez, though, because he's stylistically, he's just, you know, Valdez is a come forward, aggressive guy, and Lomachenko eats those guys up, you know? Um, yeah. it, this is not to say he should retire, because obviously he doesn't want to, and he's good, and he's changed. Well, I don't want, I'm, I feel like he's a little bit stuck in a rut as to what, it what feels, chase, it, it feels know? like the only division he can actually prove something in is 135, but it's obviously the most high risk he can, he can, division. Yeah, but he can prove he can prove to who? To the people who have unrealistic expectations, you know, yeah. like because he's not a lightweight. He's not a lightweight. Yeah. You're gonna wind up where, where you're gonna wind up. You're gonna wind up rematching L Lopez. You're gonna yeah. wind up rematching Lopez. Is that where you're gonna go? If Lopez stays a lightweight, if Lopez even stays a lightweight, you know, uh, and what is that gonna? That's gonna put you in danger. You might you might make another competitive fight. You might even win. Who knows? You yeah. might even win. But you, but you're risking so much. You're yeah. risking so much, um, and 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 Lopez is a uh, uh, legitimately dangerous, legitimately bigger, yeah. and, you, and you don't even know if you're gonna get that fight. Lopez may go up to 140 pounds. He may go fight Josh Taylor. Uh, we've also got uh, Javante Davis against Barrios, which is uh, it's a, probably a fight that you most people are gonna expect Tank to win, but it's a still another potential banana skin. Yeah, Mario Barrios is the kind of guy who I think people haven't seen a lot of uh, yeah. if you're outside the United States. But Barrios can fight. Barrios yeah. can fight. He, it, it reminds me in some ways like a, a little bit like my Cotto fight where people, some people that knew boxing knew I could fight, but it was still like a step up, yeah. you know, because everybody already knew the champion was solid. You know, everybody yeah. knew the champion as a whole, as the image of the champion, as a, mm -hmm. as a, as a killer, so to speak. Um and when I came before Cotto, boxing people knew I was good, but, you know, didn't mean they were picking me to win, but they were yeah. like, you know, Paulie's not bad. But, I, but the casuals were like, you know, thinking like this is going to be a, a run run this guy over type of thing. Yeah. I, I see this fight as kind of the same. Boxing people know Mario Barrios can fight. Yeah. Um, but a lot of other casuals, you know, like the 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 rap radio stations who just follow certain fighters when they have Javante Davis on, they're not they're they're not gonna know who Mario Barrios is when they're talking yeah. about this fight. They're just gonna talk about Javante Davis, right? So, so I think, you know, this is a potential banana skin in that Mario Mario can fight and 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 Mario can you know kind of expose some flaws. I think Javante's gonna have to come correct in this fight, mm -hmm. you know, and that's not to say he won't. But I, I, in some fights, he hasn't come correct. In some fights, you can clearly see he wasn't trained correctly. He wasn't sharp. He wasn't whatever. I think if you don't come correct with Barrios, you risk losing the fight. So let's see. I, I, it's a legitimate, uh, respectable opponent this time around for Javante Davis. And I, I don't think that's happened in a, in a while. Uh, also, there's a bit of a height difference there. So the, uh, yeah. if, if Javante can negotiate range and do all of that, is that what you're looking for that you haven't seen yet from him. Uh, it just, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking best case scenario for Tank, he has a dominant performance. Does that change anything in your mind? Yeah, yeah. Because stylistically, you just hit it right on the head, Dan. You know, you, you, you've got to close the gap. And yeah. you've got to, you know, that's one thing about guys like Javante was also a problem with Broner. And it's a question about Javante. You got the fast hands, you got the nice combinations, but do you have the foot speed to, to close the gap yeah. when it needs to be closed against guys who like to fight you at a longer range than you prefer, you know? Do you have that foot speed? So so this fight could prove it to us, you know? This fight could show us uh, ab about that because Leo Santa Cruz was tall, 
Luis Nielsen and Cruz not only smaller than Javanta, he also is a tall guy who likes to fight inside. So yeah. he, he basically, yeah. you, he was a perfect foil for for Javanta yeah. Davis, you know, and all and all, and, all, and and his countless weapons. This guy is a maneuverable guy. You know, he's got some, he's got maneuverability, he's got boxing skills, um, and he's not a weak puncher himself. So, yeah, um, and he's hungry. He's hungry. Mario Barrios is this is his big fight. This is his, his big chance. He's here to make a name for himself. So, yeah. so we'll see. Right, that is all we have time for this week. As always, thank you to the Turmeric Co for sponsoring this episode. Uh, I think that's it, Paulie. I feel like that's it for us. And let's, let's go and have some turmeric. That's it. Yeah, I'm gonna have the turmeric right now. So the, the viewers at home. So not only not only do we not do we sponsor them, but we also actually drink this stuff. We have them, this of is course. Good for you. Of course. Look, he's having it right there. As always, remember to like, comment, subscribe. Send us videos of your training, fantasy fights, all of that, and we'll see you next week. This episode is sponsored by the Turmeric Co. The Turmeric Co. creates great taste in turmeric shots that harness the power of natural ingredients to support individuals on their wellness journey, offering anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, energy, and immunity booster benefits.